Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show. Continuing on. Bringing our guy now, Mark Schofield from SB Nation, joining us on the hotline. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well, Bill. Great to be with you again this week. Got a lot to dive into, I'm sure. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to start with the off-the-field stuff and Aaron Rodgers' comments. Is he being a leader, in your opinion, or do you think he's putting himself on a pedestal? You know, I can understand why there's some frustration with his comments and, you know, this, this idea that he's sort of putting himself on a pedestal, particularly when, you know, he mentions that the quarterback coach gave him his best grade of the season after the loss to Washington. But at the same time, you know, I'm... I, when you come out and say that people need to be better, that people need to cut down on mistakes, I mean, that's what sometimes leaders have to do. Leaders have to come out and say, look, we need to get better. We need to cut down on the mistakes. We need to eliminate you know, missed opportunities. And I am sure that if pushed on that, if you sort of sat Rogers down and followed him up with that a little bit more, he'd say, yeah, I've got some things that I could do better too. So I don't think he sort of you know, separated himself from that. But when you're losing games like this, when you're having this sort of streak that they're having right now, you can understand why people might sort of say, hey, well, wait a second, you know, you, you're contributing to this too. Maybe you should shoulder some of that burden. So I understand why people are saying he's sort of putting himself on a pedestal. But I think that, look, there are things that this offense needs to fix. Rodgers is part of that, but there are things happening up front. There are things happening downfield. There are things happening all over the field. There are things happening on the sidelines that the Packers have to improve if they're going to turn this around. The uh, the Packers themselves, uh, when, when you look at and we talk about the mistakes and things that are being done down in distances and such, this is a team that has drops. This is a team that has missed assignments. They have missed blocking, downfield blocking. They've had defensive uh, breakdowns, specifically in the second half of ball games. What? Because this is not an untalented team, right? Right. No, it's a very talented team. It's a, it's a team that. When we were talking all summer long and into the start of the season, I kept saying, yo, this is one of the better teams in the NFC. This is a team to look at, obviously, in division. I'm not sold on Minnesota. I think what's been the strange sort of disconnect is, in some sense, we expected offensive struggles, right? Going into the season, we thought, look, new receivers, it's often taken Rodgers' time to get on the same page with rookie receivers, Watson and Dobbs, and you're wondering when that's going to happen. But, hey, look, this is an extremely talented defense, right? This is a defense that's going to pressure the opposing quarterback. They've added some talent to that defense. This defense is going to give them some short fields. This defense is going to give them some opportunities where, you know, you might get a turnover, you might get that short field, or you might get, you know, an opportunity for the offense that, could be struggling to take advantage of the situation created by their defense. That hasn't happened. And now when you look back to the offense, one of the things where they're certainly struggling is an inability to create explosive plays. The talent is there to do so, but they're not creating them. And so I think that's sort of the frustration with this Packers team right now is that the talent is there on both sides of the ball for this to be a much better team than we're seeing but they're not creating opportunities on defense. They're not creating explosive plays on offense. They're missing on throws that could be explosive plays. They're missing opportunities when, you know, what could be an explosive play in the downfield passing game, the throw isn't made. So that's the frustration. A bit of silver lining, I, I think that the defense, you know, he had the strip sack fumble that get called back. There's perhaps a window where maybe the defense could be figuring some things out. Obviously, there's still work to be done there. So maybe we eventually see what we thought we were going to see. But right now, that's what we're not seeing. This is a talented team on both sides of the ball that isn't creating explosive plays on offense and is struggling on defense. 
So let's talk about the rest of the division. Obviously, the the Vikings, they were on bye, and now they're coming back with a huge lead in the division. And I, I, I don't know if I really believe that they're this, this hardcore champion yet or, or maybe a paper champion. But give me your thoughts on the Vikings in the division. Yeah, I mean, obviously they have this lead that they have right now. And, you know, that lead could get extended. I know we're going to talk about probably what the you know, Packers face this week. But I still, like I sat down last week, I sat down this week to try to watch this Vikings team and come away with, okay, are they for real? And I'm still not quite there. They certainly have talented pieces on offense. And Kirk Cousins say what he want about Kirk Cousins, but when things are going right and on schedule, he can certainly make reads and throws and be a dangerous quarterback. And he's even shown a little bit this year where he can do some things in clutch moments, the win against New Orleans, for example. But then you see sort of how they played in the second half of that game against Miami, some of the struggles that they had in the passing game. It's hard for me to fully buy in on Minnesota. Now, they might still have enough in this division if the Packers don't figure things out. But right now, I still think that the Packers are the more talented team overall. It's just they haven't figured it out yet. Minnesota, to this point, has figured out ways to win, ways to create some explosive plays in the passing game, ways to create some opportunities on the defensive side of the ball. I still think the Packers are the more talented team, but the records speak for themselves. So let's look at the Bears. The Bears get a nice win over the weekend, and we thought uh, the Bears were pretty much left for dead. Are they suddenly starting to put it together? I don't know if I'd say they're putting it together because I, I, I still think that you know they have a ways to go talent-wise on both sides of the ball. Briscoe looks like the kind of safety that we thought he was coming out of college. Very talented player. Had that huge interception earlier in that game that sort of changed the trajectory of that game in a way. And I think the coaching staff deserves some credit for what they did with their mini buy. They play on Thursday night to get a few more days to sort of put together a game plan for this game against New England. They incorporate more designed runs for Justin Fields. He had the most designed runs out of any game that during that game on Monday night. And I think he had more designed runs in that game against the Patriots than he had all season prior to the win over the New England Patriots. And so they deserve some credit for leading into what Justin Fields does well right now. But I still think they need to add some pieces on the offensive line. You know, Fields has been sacked at an extremely high rate. Now some of those sacks are on his shoulders, but there are some moments where he doesn't have a chance back there. So they need to sort out the offensive line, get their best five in front of him via free agency in the draft. They need to perhaps add another downfield weapon in the passing game. So I think there's still work to be done in Chicago, but the coaches do deserve credit for how they sort of figured out a way to get Justin Fields in a position to be successful for that win on Monday night. I uh, I don't really get too deep into the Lions. The Lions, I thought, were going to come out and be a decent team, and instead they have just regressed the same as they have in years past. And, and I don't delve too deep into them. I still think they're the worst team in the division, but I think the Packers and the Bears are battling for the second worst, as we'll say, in this division. But I just think the Packers have more talent and have that ability to turn things around. I don't know what's going to turn it around. If you're the Packers general manager, do you make a deal to give them a, a legitimate wide out at this point? You know, I think you certainly try to do that uh, because it does seem like, you know, the inability – to generate those explosive plays, to the inability to sort of finish drives with points. It does seem like that piece is missing right now. You know, a, a veteran wide out, maybe that could sort of help turn things around. But I also think, you know, there are plays and examples from this past game, from other games where, you know, there are opportunities downfield and quarterbacks not throwing them. You know, I, I think 
Aaron Rodgers is one of the few people on the planet that can throw the football the way that he does. One of the most talented people to ever perhaps play the position, one of the best pure throwers of the football there is, simple flick of the wrist can put it anywhere he wants to on the field. I think at some point he needs to just sort of trust himself and trust the guys around him and say, look, I'm going to give these guys a chance. Now, maybe plays like the, the Watkins misconnection, maybe that has him feeling like, look, I've got to take this underneath throw, I've got to check this ball down. You've got to generate some explosive plays. Take some chances, let it rip, see what happens, let the chips fall where they may. Would a new receiver help? Perhaps. I certainly think they should be exploring those options. But as we've been talking about this entire conversation, there's talent on both sides of the ball. There's talent in that receiver room. Take some chances, let it rip, trust the guys around you, trust yourself, generate some explosive plays, take some chances and create those on your own. Uh, The best team in the NFC right now is? I still think it's the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know, what they're doing on both sides of the ball right now, the way they're sort of flipping the conventional wisdom on its head. They're able to run out of shotgun. They're able to change things up. Jalen Hurts has taken some steps as a passer from the pocket, but still is a threat with his legs. And we're seeing what the, the, the dedicated run threat from the quarterback position, what that can do against these defenses that want to stay in too high, that want to play with light boxes. You can really flip the numbers in your favor from an offensive perspective. He's got that quarterback run threat on the defensive side of the ball. They get great corners right now. Bradbury, Slayer playing at such a high level. Charts have got the Johnson, who they got out of this plan at a very high level. They can get after you up front. I think the, the Eagles right now are the most complete team in the NFC. I like the Eagles, the Cowboys with Dak back. How impressive are they, or are they still a team that is – Got uh, one eyebrow raised with a question mark as to whether or not they're actually going to be this good. You know, I think the potential is there once Dak, I think, has got a game or two under his belt from coming back from the injury. I think the potential is there for Dallas to be another very good team, particularly the defensive side of the ball. Parsons, one of the best defenders in the game right now. Trayvon Diggs, for everything that was said and written about whether he was good or not after last year's 11 interception season, he is influencing games. He had an interception of Goff early in that game, and then Goff threw an interception later in the game. The reason why he was late with the eventual throw was he looked in Diggs' direction, and even though that receiver was open, he didn't want to challenge Diggs. So he comes backside, throws late, gets intercepted. You're seeing Diggs impact the games, not just with turnovers, but forcing quarterbacks to look elsewhere. So that's a huge part of their story right now. Dak gets back, gets healthy, gets a game or two under him. I think that offense will start to click a little bit more. So Dallas on paper looks like they could get up there with the Eagles. I just want to see it from that offense. I want to see it click a little bit more once Dak has a few weeks under him. The the funny thing is the NFC is pretty much wide open at this point, and and I I get that the AFC is interesting because you got the Jets that are sitting at five and two a game behind Buffalo, Dolphins at four and three, Baltimore four and three, Cincinnati seems real at four and three like they've put it all back on track, Tennessee, Kansas City, the Chargers. So give me your I, I think we all believe that the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the AFC or Kansas City's fast approaching, but give me your thoughts on the rest of that uh, that conference. Yeah, I mean, it's the Bills and the Chiefs, obviously, that have sort of set themselves apart in the AFC. I think what we've seen over the past week or two, really, from Cincinnati has been impressive because for all that we said and wrote about the Bengals and they're struggling to figure out too high and how they're going to attack it, 
they had a lot of answers for, particularly this past week against Atlanta, where they were dialing up route concepts to attack those coverages, and Burrow was trusting himself at an early touchdown in the middle of the field where he wasn't targeting receivers earlier in the season to split those two safeties and get the touchdown there. So I think what we've seen from Cincinnati in the past couple of weeks has been big for them. You know, I know the Titans are sitting there at 4-2, and two and maybe they're sort of figuring some things out. I think a lot of that is just reflective of the teams that they've played. Obviously, they play... You know, they played the Colts this past week, a team that has now made a quarterback switch. So I think the Bengals, Baltimore with Lamar, you know, if they could cut down on those second-half, you know, letdowns where they have double-digit leads, it looked like they were going to blow another double-digit lead this past week. They survived, you know, this past week, but they've blown double-digit leads in a couple of different games. If they could eliminate that, that would be big. But for all we thought, look, the AFC was going to be loaded, particularly the AFC West, that's kind of not been the story. The Chargers are so banged up right now, and that offense is just really a horizontal-based passing game right now. They're not really catered to what Justin Herbert does well. So I think, look, the Ravens and the Bengals are the two teams I've really got my eye on outside of Buffalo, outside of the Chiefs. And, of course, the Jets sitting there at 5-2. Nice to see Miami. Miami now they get two back. So those two teams are in the mix as well. But the AFC has been a bit more of a letdown than we thought it was going to be. Great stuff as always, Mark. We certainly appreciate it. We'll talk again next week. Okay, pal? Sounds great, Bill. Have a great day and a great week. Appreciate it, buddy. You too. There you go. Mark Schofield. SB Nation. You can find him at Mark Schofield uh, over on uh, over on Twitter as well. Find him on SB Nation now. S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D. Some good stuff there and some good thoughts as well. We've got Paper Tigers right now in the NFC and the AFC. We've also got teams that are legit. But a lot of things right now really wide open. Uh, we got some breaking news when we come back. Stay tuned. I got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. Keep supporting the businesses down in Waukesha as uh, we've got uh, the parade that's going to be right around the corner. Uh, our friends at the Nice Ash keep asking you whether it's stopping into the Nice Ash or any other of the local businesses downtown Waukesha on Main Street. Uh, keep supporting them and uh, stay, as they put it, Waukesha strong. Speaking of that, uh, the breaking news, uh, the trial that has been going on, and we're all familiar with it, um, with what happened uh, during the Christmas parade last year down in the town of Waukesha. Um, Daryl Brooks today found guilty. Uh, he was charged with six counts of first-degree intentional homicide, 61 counts of recklessly endangering safety, six counts of hit-and-run causing death, and two counts of bail jumping, all felonies in connection with the Waukesha Christmas parade, and uh, one count of misdemeanor battery as well. He has been found guilty uh, of all charges. So Daryl Brooks, uh, the uh, what was a almost a four-week trial, uh, it came back just a little while ago while we were talking with Mark Schofield. It came back that uh, the jury took uh, less than a full day to deliberate, and he was found guilty on an all counts. So uh, I know a lot of people have been following that, that trial with what's gone on down there, and uh, it it's... Um, it, I, I don't know if you ever really paid attention to any of the testimony, but uh, one of the most powerful pieces of testimony was the sounds. The and I hate to do it, but the you know the thud, 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 thud uh, of the six people that were run over, 
And uh, so today, uh, Daryl Brooks found guilty. So uh, Brooks has now been convicted of all 76 charges against him, including first-degree intentional homicide, first-degree recklessly endangering safety, the hit-and-run death, uh, the bail jumping, the domestic abuse, the battery, all of it. Um, So there were people that were there in the gallery today yelling burn in hell to him. Um, so just wanted to, just wanted to let you know that, uh, that trial now the sentencing phase of this, that what, what they have to do just an FYI for those that are asking me, and I don't know, I'm, I'm by no means any kind of a legal expert. What I do know is this, is that the judge has a full calendar coming up. So it's not going to be until November into November, but it's not uncommon for them to delay sentencing because many of the victims, uh, and victims family, will have a chance to speak and they have to organize all of that, put that all together, give them their day and then pass judgment on uh, Daryl Brooks. So he's got some more time at this particular uh, facility before then being sentenced to what will ultimately be the remaining of his natural life in prison. So uh, anyway, I just wanted to bring that to your attention because that's something that a lot of people have been paying attention to. And it was a, monumentally severe case of tragedy here in the state of Wisconsin when that happened. And uh, it doesn't matter if you're in Milwaukee. It doesn't matter if you're Menominee Marinette, uh, you know, up in, you know, up in Rice Lake or wherever. I mean, everybody knew about this and everybody was touched by this in some way, shape or form. So there you go. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. This is uh, is from Mark. Mark says, uh, what are they doing in practice? Could anybody answer me this? The media is only allowed a certain period of time at practice uh, because they kick us out. Uh, Not me personally, but Mike Clemens and I, Mike and I talk quite a bit. Uh, both, um, you know, on on mic and away from the microphone. Um, the uh, I don't I don't know. Sometimes it's you you know you're kicked out after team sessions and such or or what have you, but you, you don't see all of the installation, if you will, uh, of everything. You don't get a chance to see every play and every nuance and such. Um, it's just not there. Um, they don't want it, again. They don't want anybody seeing anything that they could take a picture of or whatever. They want to be as secretive as possible, and that I understand if you're installing a game plan. Um, but uh, but as far as being held accountable at practices, I, we don't know. We don't know. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, eight seven seven eight six seven. 1670. Interesting piece in Forbes said uh, Brian Gutekinds had followed the Green Bay Packers conservative blueprint and checked time and again, uh, but now it was time for Gutekinds to finally be bold and push all the chips to the middle of the table. Instead, he looked at Rodgers, got cold feet, and then folded. Now that fateful decision appears to be the one the Packers are going to pay for this season and beyond. It was the summer of 2021, and Gutekinds, Green Bay's GM, was in a stare down with Aaron Rodgers, his disgruntled quarterback. Rodgers had spent the offseason saying he wanted out of Green Bay. The irritable quarterback wasn't happy. Uh, they drafted Jordan Love. He was upset, such and such. As unhappy as Rodgers was, Gudekinst held all the cards in this game of chicken. Rodgers was under contract. 
So he had to have, he had absolutely no leverage in the high stakes poker game. Um, Gudekinst, on the other hand, possessed the NFL's greatest trade chip. That was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, predictably, though, Rodgers and those 2020 Packers fell short in the postseason. On and on and on. They failed to reach the Super Bowl for the 10th straight year. Uh, Gudekinst was at a crossroads. He could trade Rodgers for a package that most believe would have been in the range of three first-round draft choices and a couple of second-rounders. The Packers could have spent 2021 season finding out if love, the man Gudekinst traded up for, was the long-term answer or not. And if he wasn't, Green Bay had plenty of draft capital to address the quarterback position and several others in the upcoming years. Gudekin's second option was succumbing to the list of Rodgers' demands. Those included greater say in player personnel and commitment to Rodgers that uh, he would extend beyond the 2021 campaign. And just 15 months after Rodgers held the organization hostage, the Packers are a hot mess. And it goes on from there. Interesting. I have said before that you can go back to that and find out where we're at today. You can make that blueprint. You can follow the steps. Uh, I think where Rodgers needs to be held accountable is he did, to a certain extent, hold the organization hostage. Had he made a commitment and said, you know what, I'm a Packer. I want to be here. I want to see I, I, I want to see this through, and this is what I want to take. I don't need to be the highest-paid player in the league. I don't need $50 million a year. I don't need this. I don't need that. I just want to win. All is right with the world. But waiting, the contract... All of that forced out Devontae, forced changes, and now you're kind of like trying to gather after the fact and put together this this high-end roster with less than what you believe you should have. Uh, yes, this year was a friendly year, but next year certainly is not by any stretch of the imagination. You're not going to go back and give money back and tell them, ah, I don't need it, don't worry about it, you know. Not when you're seeing other guys around you make a ton of money, but other guys around you that are making a ton of money aren't winning Super Bowls either. And legacy-wise, this kind of you know is where the dependability factor comes in. If you're going to say I I I need all of this because next year, you know it's it's thirty one point six million. Thirty one point six million. That's a chunk of change. Forty point seven the year after that. Fifty nine point three in twenty twenty five. And $53 million in 2026. Now, the yearly cap hit goes down, but, man, it's a lot of chunk of change right there. A lot of chunk of change. He's got to play next year. After that, when you get into 2024, things begin to ease up if you decide to cut ties. You would save yourself about $15 million dollars in cap space if in 2024 he decided uh, you decided to say okay we're going to part ways 8778671670 but right here right now I would say this and I'll say this to 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 you and everybody I believe this is a talented roster I believe that they have a more talented defense than what they've shown I believe their offensive line is better than what they've shown I believe their talent short of the wide out position is better. I think they're good in a lot of different factors. I think right now the problem behind closed doors is not necessarily just the scheme. I think it is leadership in some way, shape, or form. Something has gone on behind the walls of 1265 that has thrown poison into the well, and it's whether or not you're able to filter it out and get it back on track 
because winning is the ultimate deodorant. It hides all the problems, and you can get this thing back, or this thing is going to go horrifically wrong. And I look to, to Sunday night as the pivot point for this upcoming season. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Any ideas, uh, Michael says, on a possible trade? I've heard Jerry Judy. Uh, if they would decide to give him up out of Denver, and it looks like Nathaniel Hackett is squarely in the crosshairs uh, there in Denver is the top guy to lose his job now. Uh, also, you hear about Chase Claypool and maybe a few other wideouts. But if I'm Brian Gutekinst, I am. It, you've made your commitment to Aaron Rodgers. That's in the rearview mirror now. Now it's about putting all your chips into the middle of the table. Now it's about getting a championship in the next two years. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You, you at, at the end of this season, if he's not able to come back and contribute on a consistent basis, I think at the end of this season you got to look at that contract uh, of of David Bakhtiari's as well and find out if you can even begin to get out of that because that contract is just horrific. You would gain uh, – well, no, you wouldn't. You can't cut him. Well, yeah, you can. Uh, you would gain $6 million of cap space if at the end of this season – you uh, you would cut ties with David Bakhtiari. He would be a dead cap hit right now. If you cut him right now, you couldn't. But next year, at the end of the season, you could uh, buy him out $23.1 million to give him basically to go away, as opposed to a salary of close to $30 million next year. So you would probably make that move and go ahead and cut cut ties with David Bakhtiari at the end of the season. And this is where you would look at Aaron Rodgers and go, no, we need the money. We need the money. We have to got we have got to put better players around you. We've got this small window. We we got to do what's right. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Burn Pit BBQ Burn Pit Barbecue. They are veteran-owned right here in the state of Wisconsin. Keep supporting them. One of the best veteran-owned companies in the country, and they're based right here in our backyard. Great, Everybody loves to grill, whether it's great sauces, hot sauces, rubs. We, we Grilling is a thing, man. Uh, everybody loves to do it, whether it's myself and the dudes or the girls and 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 the kids whatever everybody likes it everybody's got their flavors now go to burnpitbbq.com and start thinking about holiday gifts as well burn pit burn pit bbq.com ready this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Speaking of grilling a little bit uh, before we went to break about our friends at Burns Head Barbecue, you're going to do some grilling. Stop down and see our buddy Paul Robert, Robert Specialty Meats, down in Waukesha. Robert Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com. That is Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com. Whether it's the really good New York strips or those Wagyu beef, big filet steaks, oh, so good. Or maybe you're just looking for the Al Capone roast, chicken breasts, chicken skewers, the different meat salads they have, all the things out of the deli. Oh, such good stuff. It is your hometown butcher. That is our friends at Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com. Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com. Let's get back to the phone calls. Talk to Mike listening to us in Cudahy. Mike, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? 
Well, I want to tell you something, Bill. Um, I think after next year, they ought to let Rodgers go. When you have so much money tied up into a quarterback and your front lineman, Bakhtiari, that hasn't played in almost, what, two years off and on, you have no room to buy talent, you know, that, that you need. So that's the problem. And you know what? There is something that Einstein has said, and we all know what probably what it is. You know what? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. We've blown how many championships, the NFC championship, and, you know, starting from Seattle all the way mm-hmm. to present. I mean, you know what? It's all about money. Yeah, Rodgers held the Packers hostage. But you know what? He did not go to OTAs, and all these rookies – Wanted him to be there. You got to get the timing right and everything. It's it's bad enough you got rookies in there, and now all of a sudden you're expecting him to be like Devontae Adams uh, beginning of the season. It, 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 it's unrealistic expectations. That's my that's my comment, Bill. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. Um, I appreciate the phone call. I had said from the beginning, you cannot bring in rookies to replace what Devontae Adams left. You can't do it. You will not have the same success. You just won't. So, you know, I it, it's obvious to everybody, and obviously now you're not getting that, and you're not even going to. They keep talking about Christian Watson. He's not even playing. He's not even playing. This is just it, it's. It, he's not giving you anything. You, Romeo and I'd said at the beginning of the season, Romeo Dubs was going to be the guy. Christian Watson was not anywhere near as polished as Dubs was coming in. So right now you got Christian Watson who's who's out. You would like to see him back at practice and and working out, but he's not giving you he's so far behind right now it isn't even funny. He has just been one problematic you know thing after the other. And right, John says, but they got Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins it, <laughs> I, I I'm not sure I'm not sure, but I might be as fast as Sammy Watkins. I don't know. It's kind of crazy, but I might be. Uh, Jeff says, why do Packers fans um, always think at the start of every season they're going to win a Super Bowl when you haven't won and won in 12 seasons? The Packers are never going to win another Super Bowl with Rodgers as a starting quarterback. Love is the show. Or love the show. Thank you very much. It's it's because they put together good rosters. They put together good rosters. They should have won and beaten Tampa Bay. They should have won and beaten San Francisco. They should have won another one in 2014, and they pissed that one away. It has not been because they have not had talent in enough rosters. It's because of the, their own ineptitude at times. A couple of times you could put it at Aaron Rodgers' feet. You can talk about Aaron Jones fumbling, Mercedes Lewis fumbling, the inability to adjust after halftime, after those fumbles. It's like when, the, when, when something adverse happens to this team, done. That's leadership. That's leadership. It's you don't see anybody going. Okay, let's go. No big deal. 
you know, let's go get the ball back and we're going to give it back to our offense. No big deal. You don't see the offense going, hey, you know what, D, we got you, man. We saw you give one up. That's okay. You guys have been solid for us all season long. We got it. You don't see that. You see a lot of head hanging, a lot of just walking around, doing the thing. In mo- you don't see that lively energy. I watched the Jets sideline when they were whooping your ass, man. When they were whooping your offensive line, they were penetrating, they were beating you up. John Runyon is turned around, running the opposite direction with a guy behind him, blocking him on his shoulder pads like get out of my way son and he's running the other way you don't see fire and fight and you don't you don't and they're they're over there with a coach their defensive coordinator's got his arms out with a bunch of guys grabbing him going like hold me back like he can't believe it we're whooping your ass what was the last time you saw that that's leadership this is a team that throws its helmets on the on the field and acts like they're just supposed to win we're better than this no you're not no, you're not. Stop living off of all the Lombardi championships prior to a Super Bowl. You've won four in your in your total total history. You're not the biggest, baddest, and best. You're the most decorated franchise in totality history. You've won four Super Bowls. Some have never won any. So there's franchises out there that would kill to be what you are. So I understand that. But inside the walls of 1265, there's this era of it's as if we are God among men, and basically the entire NFL has had their ass whipped by Bill Belichick and Tom Brady for the last couple of decades. You ain't blank. You know who's got your number? Eli Manning has your number. So I, I agree with that. It's not that this team has not had talented rosters. They have, and they have one right now, which is why I believe they could still turn it around. But there is something innately wrong right now behind the walls of 1265. Something just doesn't feel right back there right now. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, man, I promised all of you over on the Bud Light live stream I'd try to get to you. So I want to try to go through some of this because there's a lot of stuff here. Uh, Williams says Rogers accuracy when given time to throw is 22nd in the league. It's not just the receivers or the blocking. Uh, I did not see that statistic. William, thank you very much. Didn't see that. I will have to take a a look at that. If you have uh, where you found that, please let me know. Um, Aaron also said the Packers fans like to wallow in it. You know, like pigs in stuff, they like to cover themselves in it. Take that, Packers fans. That's from Thomas. Um, Thomas also says, uh, my teacher gave me a gold star talking about Aaron Rodgers, saying that Tom Clements said that was his best game. But, oh, by the way, my teammates sucked. Uh, we've been hearing we got to fix this for a while now. What What is the problem, or is it just simply not fixable? That's from Greg. Trade deadline is a lost cause. Goody will do nothing. Uh, oh, by the way, I had one here, too. This was uh, from, from Dave. Dave wrote, uh, King Goody just will not admit his mistakes. Look at what Watson and Romeo Dubs have been this season. He has got to admit his mistakes. What do you want him to do? Let, let's, I, I want to be real, you know, kind of immersed in reality here. Do you think that he should hold a press conference and come down and say, you know, I screwed up. These guys are nowhere near as good as we thought they were. Jordan Love is not what we thought he was. Nobody called. Nobody wanted him. It, what what good would it do to come down, do a press conference, only to pound on the ineptitude of the picks thus far? And remember, if he would have said that his first year, he would have pounded on Devontae Adams too because Devontae wasn't great his first year. 
You know, it it does. You could have said that about Rashawn Gary his first year. And look what he's morphed into. He's proven all of it, including myself, wrong. And I give him credit for that. Sometimes it takes guys time. I think to put those guys under that amount of pressure was wrong. It was wrong. And to go out and get a broken-down-ass Sammy Watkins and act like all was right with the world was wrong. But you also had to do the most with what you had. You had a broken-down David Bakhtiari. You have a quarterback who wants $50 million a year. You cannot go out and just blow money like a drunken sailor. And, by the way, keep Rasul Douglas, re-sign Jair, keep Kenny Clark, keep everybody else that you, that we wanted him to keep. You know, you, you sometimes you got to dance with the devil, and, and the devil's going to get you. I, I just I, I don't know what you want him to do sometimes. It's it's a tough job, man. Because every because you're you're never going to be praised for the successes. You're always going to be have the failures pointed out, and there's no pleasing anyone unless you hoist the trophy every year. And even then, I go back to 2010 when there was a lot of naysayers saying, "Yeah, they wouldn't have won it if it weren't for this or this or this." I'm like, can't you just enjoy a victory? Is there that many of you unhappy as you quote Packers fans that were that upset they still won a championship? Because they didn't win it by 50? Um, James says, everybody's missing it. Remember when Bob Harlan became the president of the Packers some 30 years ago? Plus, he stepped aside from the day-to-day football operations and hired Ron Wolf. Now, fast forward to Mark Murphy, who has changed all of that and how he has made the decisions uh, about the team as the actual GM. No, he hasn't, James. It's Mark Murphy who drafted quarterback love instead of a receiver. No, it's not, James. You have... Absolutely no proof of that. Never. Mark Murphy, and and from people I've talked to, from people I've seen, Mark Murphy, other than than Brian Gutekinst and Matt LaFleur and such, talking to Mark Murphy about things that they're doing or what have you, uh, he has never said, this is what we're doing and this is who we're taking. Never. Absolutely 100% not true. Not true. You're trying to, you don't like Mark Murphy, so you want to blame him for something. That's not true. That is 100% unfounded. Um, 877-867-1670. we got to take a quick break. We'll come back. I'll continue to get to you guys because uh, I want to try to get everybody, uh, every, everybody's voices heard as best we can today. Stick around. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Don't forget, coming up in a few weeks, they got a meat raffle going on out there. It's going to benefit the Badgerland Ski Team, the ski team that performs out there on Pewaukee Lake. The guys and girls, great kids, great people. They do it for basically free, and this is one of the fundraisers that just keeps them going and keeps the boat in shape and all the checks and such that they need and the equipment that they need. It's really a fun group of people. If you're going to Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill in the next few weeks, stop in, ask about the meat raffle, tell them you want to participate, get some tickets for it, keep supporting the Badgerland Ski Team as well. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are back at practice getting ready for Sunday night football and the 5-1 and one Buffalo Bills. Linebacker Von Miller helped lead the Broncos and last year the Rams to Super Bowl titles, and he hopes to do the same this time for Buffalo and quarterback Josh Allen. You know, I've been around, you know, Josh, 
you know, since uh, since March now. Man, I, you know, this is my 12th year in the league, man. You know, you know, he's just a creature, man. And, you know, a huge reason why I came here. Um, all of these guys, man, from Coach McDermott to Brandon Bean, all of these guys, man, it's just it's just an honor and a privilege to be these guys' brother and to be these guys' teammate and to come in and lead these guys each and every day. So it feels great. In Green Bay, Matt LaFleur getting questions on why David Bakhtiari was practicing every day the past two weeks when earlier in the month the plan was to rest his bad knee every other day. Well, I think that's definitely a discussion that's going to be had with all of us, myself, Dave, our medical staff, in terms of, you know, what's best. Aaron Rodgers on the McAfee Show on how the Packers lost three in a row in games they were all favored to win. Some of it's on the players, for sure, on us. Uh, some of it's on the coaching staff as far as making sure they're really getting every detail into this. But ultimately, it's about the players. Players win, players lose. We're out there playing. So it's on us to get this sh- fixed. That's Aaron Rodgers from Lambeau Field. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. program good to have you bill michael show continuing on uh jason said i think a good wide receiver and a good offensive lineman will help this team however with that being said i don't believe that uh, that alone will be enough to get this team deep into the postseason anything can change in the nfl week to week but i don't see the packers uh but i don't see the packers and I'm sure you don't see them getting past uh, the Eagles or the 49ers in the postseason, let alone beating uh, whomever it is uh, in the AFC. Your thoughts? Um, I have said for a long time, and I still stick by this, uh, sometimes you got to be good, and I think the Packers are. I think they've got good personnel. You just need something to bring it together, which is why I think this Sunday night is so incredibly important. Um. I think you got to be good. You got to be lucky. You got to get hot at the right time, and you got to be healthy. Um, I think that if they can get a win or play extremely well on Sunday night, they've got it in them to make a run, not to where they're going to run the table, but to make enough of a run to get enough wins to find themselves in the postseason. All they need to do is get into the postseason, and you can get some belief and say, okay, look at the second half of our season. Because we're uh, approaching, what, game game eight? Can you, can you believe we're halfway through the NFL season? Game eight? If they can put together a decent second half, they can get some momentum. I'm not writing them off. But I think this is the game. This is the one we, we circle now and say, okay, here's the pivot point for the season. You win it, you're off and running. You, you lose it, but go down fighting and looking good doing it, you're still off and running. You get blown out, start packing your bags, your season's over. Peter Bukowski going to be joining us coming up next. Get back into a lot of your conversations. A lot of emails coming in. Comments over on the Bud Light live stream as well, so we'll get to all of you. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Got a lot more to get to. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at New Male Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state. Call them, 414-455-4451. 
I've been singing their praises a long time. 414-455-4451. The New Mail Medical Center. We'll be back after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.